0: Meet democracy. This guy. Yeah, the special prosecutor appointed to potentially indict former President Trump. This is democracy. This person, who has all kinds of conflict of interest, by the way, big time, they didn't tell us about that. They actually tried to hide it from us. It's true. He's got big problems, big conflicts. You know, even the appearance of a conflict of interest is a big deal, unless it's a Democrat and unless they are committed to getting Trump. Again, this is Jack Smith, and he was introduced to us last Friday by Merrick Garland, and he said this guy's going to play it, well, he didn't actually say straight down the middle. He implied as much.
1: Department of Justice has long recognized that in certain extraordinary cases, it is in the public interest to appoint a special prosecutor to independently manage an investigation and prosecution.
0: And these are those special circumstances because you got Joe Biden probably running for president. Not sure about that. And Donald Trump. Can I see Mr. Democracy one more time? So this is the guy they came up with. All right. Mr. Independence. He's not. No way. And they try to keep it from us. So I hate to bring the family into this, but they leave us no choice. He's married to Mrs. Smith, although she goes by uh, this name. I'm sure she's totally, totally nice. But her political activity and her artistic activity and what she does for a living should have ruled her and him out of this whole thing immediately, immediately. So, by the way, you can't find pictures of this married couple together because what did they do? They scrubbed the Internet because they knew we'd find out about this eventually, what I'm about to tell you about. And they don't want to have them seen together. Number one, Mrs. Smith, I'm going to call her, gave big money to Joe Biden. Yes, she did. To Joe Biden's campaign directly and for Joe Biden's uh, PAC, his political action committee. Oh, that's just two thousand dollars. What difference does it make? It makes a world of difference again in Washington, D.C. It's all about preventing even the appearance of a conflict of interest or impropriety. Now, just think for a moment. Imagine if the spouse of some proposed special prosecutor gave a thousand bucks, two thousand bucks to Donald Trump. Right, they wouldn't let him in the building. We all know that. What are they have no respect for us? They have no respect for us, really. Also, uh, her day job apparently is that of documentary filmmaker, liberal documentary filmmaker. These are all leftist films like Dark Money. It's decrying uh, the Koch brothers and uh, Citizens United. Things that, quite frankly, a lot of conservatives were supporting. Now they give it a horrible, evil name, Dark Money, but. That is definitely a film from the leftist perspective. Um, And then there's the Michelle Obama documentary, Becoming Michelle. So, all right, let's review here real quick. She's given money to Democrats, and she's friends with Democrats. I mean, there's no way Michelle Obama is going to let somebody who's not a like-minded sister be on that show. All right, be on the movie. Uh, So it's a big-time conflict of interest. And just a small aside here— If she really had a big role in this film, I don't know what she actually did on it, uh, Mrs. Smith, but she can't be much of a filmmaker because this is a terrible, terrible, boring movie. It's possibly the worst movie ever made. Most of it is her just, uh, you know, looking important, coming out on stage, not singing, not dancing, telling stories that everybody's heard before. It's all look at me, how important I am. Yes, getting into SUVs with security and then. It's incredibly boring. Just talks to her brother, who seems like a nice guy, about her outfit. This scene goes long. The brother thinks the outfit is too big for about uh, five minutes. It is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Anyway, forget all that for a moment. Back to, uh, and again, Michelle would not have Mrs. Smith on this set if uh, they weren't tight. My sense, my sense. Hey, is this unfair that we're picking on Mrs. Smith well, what about what they've been doing to Ginny Thomas? Anyone, right? I mean, looking through her phone, she's free to have political viewpoints, isn't she? Uh, yeah, I think this is more than fair. And we know he's a conservative. We know he leans right. The wife leans right as well. He is part of the court. We, it was all above board. He's not supposed to agree with the liberals. This Mr. Democracy guy with the purple tunic, he's supposed to be Neutral. And he has the power potentially to, gosh, order the indictment or suggest, recommend the indictment of a person who got more votes than any other sitting president in the history of this country. Yeah, I still have very strong concerns about the fairness of the 2020 election. And you can, too. It's a free country. At least right now, I don't know. Not only are they trying to take him out, but they're trying to take us out. Here's a little thought experiment. Imagine if you're wearing Barack Obama paraphernalia. A hat, a t-shirt. Here's, hey, Beyonce and uh, Jay-Z. You can go literally anywhere in this ensemble. Hollywood, mainstream media, uh, academia, corporate America, the military, sports. You will be welcomed. Think for a moment what would happen to you, to me, if we wore a Make America Great Again hat. Anywhere outside of a Trump rally or a political gathering for a conservative candidate, what would happen to you? Would they welcome you on campus? Would they welcome you in corporate America? No, that would be a, a very strong, noxious political message. You can't wear that. Quite frankly, I hate to say this, I don't even recommend wearing it down the street, certainly not in New York. You could be hurt. You could be harmed. That's the climate we're living in right now. So back to Mr. Democracy. He's, I believe, potentially going to try to cancel President Trump and cancel those of us who support him. That's wrong. And who is this guy? I keep hearing he is a hero war crimes prosecutor. In some of these pictures, I'm sorry, he looks like a war crime defendant. Uh, that's, this is a pretty intense dude. But let's talk about war crimes. They're horrible, and the left has celebrated his role, and you would think that this is a good thing, right, being a war crime prosecutor. Jack Smith, if that is his real name, has a hell of a resume to take this assignment. He had to leave his current job at The Hague, where he investigated war crimes in Kosovo.
2: And the new special counsel, Jack Smith, he's, he's a longtime prosecutor, a no stranger to the Justice Department, uh, known for his work in international war crimes prosecutions. Smith's most recently investigated and prosecuted war crime cases.
0: Well, fabulous. I hate war crimes. Everybody hates war crimes. Remember, you've seen it in history. Eichmann, that's savage, and he was tried in Israel, and we're still studying that. And the Nuremberg trials, I believe, uh, just after World War II. This is very important. These were amazing events. Today, The Hague, where, oh, by the way, Mr. Smith still is. I I hear he's staying in the Netherlands to conduct the uh, investigation, at least initially. It's not that clear-cut anymore. This is hyper-political. In fact, the United States does not support the International Criminal Court. Multiple administrations, Democrat and Republican, have voiced grave concern about this court. Listen.
3: The
1: U.S. has been concerned from the very beginning uh, that the prosecutor for the court would be given too much power unchecked and he or she could conduct politically motivated prosecutions
3: of U.S. soldiers.
0: Wow, that's from the former senior legal affairs advisor at the State Department. Did you hear that? The prosecutor in the International Criminal Court, where this guy has worked for the past several years, has too much power and it's unchecked. And they're politically motivated prosecutions, potentially. You know, the United States is not a signatory to this thing. It's not. That's important to point out. And people hate it when I do it, especially the left. But I don't think we can trust him. No way. He's already gone after Republicans with disastrous results. Uh, His team, uh, Ted Stevens, remember him, the Republican from Alaska? He was at the DOJ trying to clean up the mess of this horrible, uh, immoral, really, prosecution of Ted Stevens. And McDonald, the former governor of Arizona, he was ahead of the public integrity unit when they tried to nail this guy. His conviction was thrown out by the Supreme Court eight to zero. But Mr. Democracy, is he really this? (laughs) You see what I'm saying? And he's also going to be in charge of looking at January 6th. I don't trust him. I don't trust anybody in the government at this point regarding January 6th. Does that sound harsh? It's not. Believe me, (laughs) FBI Director Ray. Wow. What he will not say. What he will not tell the American people, what is he holding back from us? I think you'll know once you see it.
1: Did the FBI have confidential human sources embedded within the January 6th protesters on January 6th of 2021?
0: Well, Congressman, as I'm sure you can appreciate, I have to be very careful about what I can say about when. Even
1: now, because that's
3: what you told us two years ago.
0: Matt finish. about when we do and do not and where we have and have not used confidential human sources. Uh, but to the extent that there's a
3: suggestion, for example, that the FBI's confidential human sources or FBI employees in some way instigated or orchestrated January 6th, that's categorically false.
1: Did you have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol on January the 6th prior to the doors being opened?
0: Again, I had to be very careful. It should be
1: I a can- no. Can you not tell the American people, no, we did not have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol. Gentlemen,
0: time has expired. You should not read anything into my decision uh, not
3: to share information. Director A, gentlemen's
2: time has expired.
0: I read everything into that. He's not going to share that with us? Did you notice, by the way, his lip quiver? He's caught. He's caught. They did this. I do believe inside. He could not say inside the Capitol. There were no FBI agents or confidential informants waiting. Why wouldn't he say that? Now, this, we're big people in this country. We're adults, men and women. We can understand the idea of confidential sources. you got to keep their identity uh, a secret. But the fact that they exist we can handle that. You know, he said, uh, I can categorically state that they did not instigate or orchestrate. OK, what about facilitated? What about helped? What about monitored, yet not called anybody to stop it? Senator Cruz, who I gave a hard time to the other night, and quite frankly, I don't think he's ready for the presidency someday. But boy, oh boy, this guy is great. This happened a few months ago. He was on to something that then, and... It's just confirmed for all of
3: us now. I want to turn to the FBI. How many FBI agents or confidential informants actively participated in the events of January 6th? Sir, I'm sure you can appreciate that I can't go into the specifics of sources and methods. Uh, Did any FBI agents or confidential informants informants actively participate in the events of January 6th? Yes or no? no? Sir, I can't can't answer that. Did any FBI agents or confidential informants commit crimes of violence on January 6th? I can't answer that, sir. Did any FBI agents or FBI informants actively encourage and incite crimes of violence on January 6th? January 6th. Sir, I can't answer that.
0: You know, when I first saw that, I figured, well, maybe she's not authorized to say it. You know, I had never seen that person before. She's not the FBI director, but now we see the same from the FBI director. You know, I love our country, but uh, the government, so corrupt. So corrupt. I was so naive back in 2003. Who remembers the Iraq war? Remember the one they told us about the weapons of mass destruction? I was there like a, uh, like a silly person looking for the weapons of mass destruction alongside the troops. Uh, riding a tank all the way into Baghdad. Telling those stories. Turned out uh, we were lied to then. We're being lied to now. You know, when Baghdad fell... I heard, I heard rumors about this, and then, and then I, I actually saw it more formally that some of the people around the statue were actually information operations officers, uh, people who had been recru- recruited by the Pentagon to be there. And I thought, that's ridiculous. I mean, take a look at these folks. They said, oh, these are not Iraqis. I'm like, what are you talking about? We would not, we would not drive people all the, all the way to Baghdad from Kuwait and pretend they were Iraqis and pretend they were happy that the statue was coming down. That was ludicrous, right? We were capable of it then, and we're capable of all kinds of things now. Take a look at this.
1: All they, that was going to be remembered was the statue. And I bet you they, they brought in these, these teenage guys who, like, broke the statue, put it down. They brought them in with them. Because if you notice, they're all sort of the same age, no women. And these people who came in, how come, the, how come one of them had the flag of Iraq? Before 1991, in his pocket. Has he just been waiting there for 10 years with a flag on that square? (laughs) I don't think so. Uh,
0: Yeah, they had a different flag in 1991, which is the one they broke out. This is what the flag looked like back in, uh, well, this is what it looks like today. Uh, And actually in 2003, 2004, what did it look like in 1991? Look. What am I saying here? The government is capable of all kinds of things. And it's interesting that I'm finally making some of these connections. And I'm finally actually realizing what kind of place we live in. On the 59th anniversary of John F. Kennedy's assassination. Yeah, 59 years ago today, he was shot in Dealey Plaza by Oswald, right? By himself. Um, There's Clint Hill, by the way. He's in the back. Great man, Secret Service agent trying to come to the rescue I love our country, the government, not so much, not so much. We'll be right back. What a horrible situation out there at uh, the Q Club in Colorado. Five people killed. And uh, you heard about the hero, though, who helped stop the shooter. Uh, The details, what do we know right now? Uh, Ooh, 25 injured, five dead. A terrible, terrible scene. As far as a suspect goes, uh, 22 years old. Five counts of homicide he's been charged with and uh, a bias-motivated crime. Guess who they're trying to blame? The mainstream media. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I wish that I had been more
1: surprised uh, at what happened. I mean, we've seen just relentless attacks, um, uh, particularly on trans Americans, including trans children um, for politics. The trans community, does it feel like this was in a sense inevitable because of the attacks and the way trans people have been targeted by conservative politicians in this country, not just with rhetoric, but with policy?
0: Uh, No one has a problem with trans people, all right? It's these trans individuals who insist on hanging around children and pushing that idea. I don't think anything like that was happening at that Q Club. Uh, you can't. That's a horrible, horrible thing to say. Um, RuPaul is one of the greatest Americans in the world, actually. So, uh, but they can't help themselves, can they? Everything must be blamed on MAGA in some way, shape, or form. We're just protecting our kids. Um, the police department. Wishing them the best as they investigate this. Have you noticed, though, a lot of police departments, they're going further and further to the left, just like their political, wannabe political masters desire. Um, It seems to be lately more memorial, more grief uh, sessions than law enforcement and investigation. I'm sorry, sometimes, and I don't think any law enforcement officer should be in this position.
2: We respect all of our community members, including our L gbtq community therefore we will be identifying the victims by how they identified themselves and how their families have loved and identified them the first person i'll identify is kelly loving kelly's pronouns are she her
0: i'm sorry but this is this is virtue signaling this is unseemly we don't need this from police we need We need safety, we need investigations, and we need bad people kept away uh, at a safe distance from all of us, prisons and jails. And this suspect apparently had a semi-hostage situation, barricaded himself in the house, and he's walking around again?
2: This is your boy. I've got the heads outside. Look at that. They got a beat on me. You see that right there? Got their f-ing rifles out. If they breach, I'm gonna blow it to holy hell.
0: Uh, so, uh, the details about this are kind of sketchy, but it seems like he should have been in jail for at least 10 years after this. We'll see what finally shakes out. But the he hurt, they were human beings and they had names, and pronouns. It's all becoming all about that and not about the substance, all about the marketing and not about. THE RESPONSIBILITY, THE ESSENCE, IN MY OPINION. Ooh, changing gears. What did Joe Biden mean when he said this?
2: This has to be boring, boring, boring for these kids to stand up here. You're allowed to do anything you want, including go steal a pumpkin if you want. Anything you want to do.
0: There are pumpkins all over the place. Why would, they, why would he suggest they steal a pumpkin? Very strange. Obviously, this man cannot run for president. He can't make it through the next, uh, what is it, two years? He can't. He can't. We all know that. And I'm sorry, I think there was a racial component suggesting that that young man of color steal a pumpkin. You're allowed to this time. Uh, now, why do I say that? Well, Joe has made a lot of racially ins- I'm not Mr. Politically Correct, but Joe has
1: been off the charts racist. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids.
0: Yeah, it's a quick one, but yeah, somehow in Joe's mind, uh, if you're poor, you must be black or Hispanic. Is that what he's saying? All right. Just and then there was this. This is how he was able to remain in the presidential race after this moment. Wow.
2: But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black.
0: (laughs) All right. I guess I could be hard on Joe. And uh, I was pretty hard on some of those Republicans who want to be president. I quite frankly think they are barking up the wrong tree. It's not going to happen to them. Mike Pompeo, you're one of them. I'm sorry. Boy, Las Vegas. He was stiff. uh, Couldn't read the room. He's a very talented person, but he has no business being president. And also his whole brand was he's Trump's top guy. Loyal. Trump made him CIA director and Secretary of State, you're going to turn on him and run? No. But he did say one thing that I really liked.
2: The family, our core institutions,
0: need to remind young people that there are things that are bigger than themselves. And if they will spend more time thinking about our founding documents, our Declaration of Independence, if they'll spend more time reading the Bible than the 1619 Project, then
2: good things will happen for the United States of America.
0: I like that very much. And uh, I don't think you should be president, but what a message, huh? You never hear about it anymore. Reading the Bible, who talks about that? You can, Joel Osteen talks about it on Sunday, which he does, and that's great. But what about in the rest of our lives? Um, thank you for that, Mr. Secretary. And that brings me to Kelly Rowland. She's a talented singer. And she had a huge gaffe the other night. She dared to offer forgiveness to a friend of hers, Chris Brown. Uh, remember Chris Brown? He's still I guess he still makes music, but back in 2009, he was accused of punching Rihanna. That's 13 years ago. That's a horrible thing. Uh, but Kelly Rowland said some kind things about him, and uh, we should move on. And guess what? They want to cancel her. So uh, TMZ caught up with Kelly Rowland today and said, don't you want to take all that back? She doesn't. And I think she's great.
2: I have to know your thoughts on people pulling Chris. Is it sad to see? You know what? I believe that
3: grace is very real and we all need a dose of it. And before we point fingers at anybody, we should realize how grateful we are for every moment that we get for even even our things that we have. I just think it's important to remember to be human. Mm-hmm. We are humans and yeah, do you, you feel human. like he needs to he, I mean, he needs to be forgiven for like, you know, what he did? I mean You know what? We all need to for- be forgiven for anything that we could be doing, anything that we're thinking. We all come up short in some sort of way. And grace is real and, and we are humans. Everybody deserves grace, period. Have a good
2: day. I know you too. Bye.
0: Wild, right? They were treating her like she was just indicted and she was just talking about forgiveness. I love it. I love it. Does this guy look familiar? I think they modeled a part of the Sopranos on him. His name is Gregory Scarpa, the late Gregory Scarpa. Uh, He was a hitman, and I believe he died in prison. He killed a lot of people back in the 1960s, 70s and 80s. Bad guy, but a good family man, and his son, Gregory Scarpa Jr., loved him. And this happened to Gregory Scarpa Jr. When he's 11 years old, he gets into a fight at school. It's a pretty bad fight. And uh, he goes home, and he tells his dad about it. His dad gets all upset and says, you go back to that school. You find that kid. You hurt him so bad, you send him to the hospital. And if I find out he didn't go to the hospital, don't come home. Can you believe that? 11 years old, you get that kind of message. I think I would have, if my father said it, I would have tried to send that kid to the hospital. I share that with you because I don't know. It's just about judging other people and walking in their footsteps. And what have they been told? And uh, interesting, right? Hey, let me know at newsmax.com, and we'll be right back with Rudy Giuliani.
3: conflict real threats real heart now there's a place america
2: gets its news no agenda just the facts newsmax real news for real people the president of the united
1: states in that moment was receiving counsel from attorneys who were telling him as the bible says what his itching ears wanted to hear but the president was was He was receiving terrible advice from people who not only shouldn't have been in the Oval Office, they shouldn't have been led on the White House grounds. Wow.
0: Mike Pence, who was not much of a lawyer ever, a horrible thing to say about some of the best attorneys this country has ever produced, including Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor, former third highest ranking official in the Reagan Justice Department. And one of the most celebrated U.S. attorneys in the (laughs) Department of Justice's history. Uh, Welcome back, Mr. Mayor. And I've been dying to get your take on what uh, Mike Pence has been saying about you and some of your peers during that time. He's talking about post-election. I have my thoughts. I think he's reprehensible. But, sir, he was talking about you.
1: Well, I I think he was talking about the lawyers I fired. (laughs)
0: No, actually, he says he he actually, Mr. Mayor, he actually in the whole clip, he says the lawyers who got fired uh, and he implies that uh, Barr and some of the other ones, they were the good ones. They were the good ones. And it was. Barr
1: uh, Barr, Barr had the heart was hiding the hard drive for a year and a half. And he's one of the good ones. He covered up one of the most important pieces of evidence in American history. I mean, Barr had the hard drive at a time in which he could have intervened and stopped the uh, impeachment. He could have let the American people know that they were electing a crook to public office. He hid that. Uh, His Justice Department uh, had the hard drive for a year. And now, of course, we're finding out after the election is over, what the Attorney General hid from us. Didn't even bother to investigate. I mean, he he left a woman in Ukraine Who was under threat of death? Who could open up? She said bank accounts of Joe Biden's never even interviewed. Mm. I mean, Barr's got a lot to answer for. Uh, He should really keep his mouth shut. So, uh, but in any event, uh, the reality is that uh, Mike Pence is a very bitter man, and I would not pay. I would not pay. I wouldn't pay an awful lot of attention to him.
0: uh, Bitter
1: men. Bitter men make very very bad. uh, Say very loose things that they don't really know what they're talking about. For example, Professor Eastland was one of the foremost scholars on the Constitution, dean of a law school. He's never done a damn thing as a lawyer. I mean he's basically he's been a politician all his life.
0: And in this environment, you can say that about a fine lawyer. If you say it about a Trump lawyer, you can call him a crank and the media will eat it up. Let, let's go through Mr. Eastman's credentials. We've already mentioned briefly just some of yours, but Professor Eastman, who has been maligned so unfairly throughout all of this. First of all, well, look at that. 17 cases at the Supreme Court. Uh, moving on next, he's been published just about everywhere. Uh, his work has appeared everywhere. Original uh, scholarly work in newspapers, also in uh, in magazines and uh, scholarly journals. And I didn't know this until actually today. He clerked for Judge Lute and Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Now, he is light years, light years ahead of Mike Pence, who I think went to uh, McKinney Upstairs College of Law that nobody, nobody, uh, nobody
1: knows. He's basically working with twice the IQ of Mike. I mean, actually, it was better to talk to Mike's wife about things than
3: Mike.
1: (laughs) She was with him all the time. The guy never, I never saw the guy without his wife around. And at one point when I wanted to talk to him about this, I was frustrated, and I said, well, let me talk to his wife. She makes the decision.
0: Well, it's a very unfair and, I would say, fake dialogue that has taken hold that somehow those lawyers, uh, well, you and your, your, your peers were a danger to democracy, and Mike Pence does not have the expertise. And can you do me a favor? Explain what you thought, Mike Pence, how he had the authority to possibly send the electoral votes back to state capitals.
1: Under the Constitution, the state uh, legislature is the final arbiter of who the electors are. Um, Article 2, Section 2, Clause 3 or 4 of the Constitution says that it'll be determined by the state legislatures as to who the electors are. The Supreme Court has held in 1893 and then again uh, repeated it in Bush v. Gore that that power is plenary and they can They can reverse anything anyone has done if they believe it's been done fraudulently or incorrectly. So if the state legislature had problems with the vote, they had a right to review it under the Constitution and under their exclusive power to determine the electors. Uh, Mike Pence didn't have uh, the ability to decide who was elected. He had the ability to uh, grant the request of four different state legislatures that asked uh, that the vote be recalculated. Because they felt that the numbers that had been sent to, to the, uh, to the Congress, were incorrect and inaccurate, and they hadn't been counted yet.
0: And his book is out, like and he's telling a—he's uh, not telling the complete story. And maybe this is his capacity. But you said
1: something—he's bitter. Why? Why do you think he's bitter? Well, I mean, it all ended very badly for him. His political career is basically over. I mean, who would trust him? I mean, he's, here he is. Here he is in this bitter dispute with the man who made him vice president he never would have been vice president and you know people people will use you but when you're disloyal they don't really like you
0: and you know there's this The the fake news and uh, a hell of a lot of lawyers on the left have somehow there's only one way to view the law. I mean, there's the Supreme Court and the most talented lawyers in the world disagree 180 degrees all the time. There isn't one way. There is not one way necessarily. We have to debate this stuff. We have to discuss it. And you can have disagreements about the Constitution,
1: right? Of course you can. And Mike doesn't realize that the people that are— Being nice to him now, he was he was the crazy right winger to them. He'll be the crazy right winger again once they have used him, and they've used him really, really well because he doesn't have that basic strength of character that um, you have to have to be president. That you have.
0: And uh, maybe that ship has sailed, but maybe it hasn't. (laughs) <laughs> Mr. Mayor, thank you very much once again. Thank you. Thank uh, check you out, by the work. way, everybody should happy, go to...
1: Happy Thanksgiving.
0: Happy Thanksgiving to you. And check out Rudy's, Rudy Giuliani's website, Rudy Giuliani-CS. Uh, common Sense, right? There it is. the RudyGiulianiCS.com. I love it. RudyGiulianiCS.com for the common sense that he has, that too few people have actually, too few. We'll be back. Thank you, Mr. Mayor.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much, Greg.
0: Well, there he is, the new independent counsel. I think he's going to give me nightmares. His name is Jack Smith. And, uh, well, it seems like they uh, did they screw this up or did they screw it up on person? It seems all fouled up to me. I want to bring in Mike Davis, former law clerk to Justice Neil Gorsuch, actually, and founder and president of the Article 3 Project, uh, all round expert on all things legal. Uh, welcome back, Mike. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. You bet. So on a scale of uh, zero to 10 uh, or one to 10, one being this is the best appointment ever, 10 being this is uh, hideously biased and weird. uh, Where are we on that scale regarding Jack Smith?
2: We're pretty close to 10. This is the same Jack Smith that uh, Obama Attorney General Eric Holder hired to run the public integrity section. And this is the same Jack Smith who prosecuted former Virginia governor Bob McDonnell a potential Republican presidential candidate and he prosecuted him on under these bogus corruption charges that were overturned by 8 to nothing by the US Supreme Court it would have been 9 to nothing but Justice Scalia died after the court accepted the case uh this guy is he's married to a left wing activist who donated a a, a big dollar donor To President Biden, she did a documentary for the Obamas. Uh, They, he, this is if you're a Democrat attorney general, this is your heat-seeking missile that you bring in to take out Republican presidential candidates, whether it's Bob McDonnell or President Trump.
0: I have to disagree with you, uh, Mike Davis. Um, You said that this was approaching ten on the inappropriate scale. I would say that this is about a million. <laughs> I just, I mean, this is, this is hideous. This does not pass any test whatsoever. What um, avenue does President Trump have to object to this? Is there any objecting to the appointment of an independent counsel? Is there anything he can do?
2: It is it is very hard. These prosecutors, the the attorney general has so much power under uh, under these regulations to appoint a special counsel. Remember that attorney general Merrick Garland is appointing a special counsel to investigate non-crimes. It is not a crime to object to presidential elections. Otherwise, Democrats would be in jail from 1969, 2001, 2005, 2017, when they objected to the presidential elections of Republicans. It is not a crime for presidents to take personal copies of their presidential presidential records when they leave office. It is specifically allowed by the Presidential Records Act. If it were a crime, Bill Clinton would be in jail for having eight years of highly classified audio recordings in his sock drawer uh, from when he left the White House. This is a political hit on President Trump. Biden fears that President Trump is going to beat him. And the next election. That's what the polling shows. So Attorney General Merrick Garland is sending his political hatchet man, Jack Smith, to try to take him out legally because they know they can't beat him politically.
0: Um, look, independent counsels have been around for a long time. You know, Archibald Cox, the Nixon uh, administration, they've been around for a long time. There's got to be some institutional knowledge there at the DOJ. And Some of them, career or otherwise, hate Trump, not hate Trump. They have to understand Merrick Garland, if he actually was able to graduate from law school, any law school, should know some of this stuff. Right. I mean, they don't and they don't care. They're just committed to getting Trump. That's my takeaway here. Am I wrong?
2: You're, you're not wrong at all. It's actually pretty egregious that, that Garland is appointing a special counsel, a heat-seeking missile to go after his boss's political opponent, Trump, but he's not appointing a special counsel where he needs to when there is clear-cut smoking gun evidence that President Biden, his son Hunter, and his brother James were on the Ukraine and Chinese payrolls, and that potentially compromises President Biden right now. There should be a special counsel appointed right now. That is appropriate. Those are, there are predicate crimes there. Mm-hmm. There's an obvious conflict of interest that Garland cannot investigate Biden. So what does Garland do? He appoints a special counsel to go after Biden's political enemy, Trump. This is outrageous. House Republicans need to zero out the special counsel budget. Uh, zero out how? How would they do that, sorry? They could When they take over Congress in January, when they have to do appropriations, you include an appropriation writer that no appropriation can be used for the special counsel investigation because this guy is running an yeah. illegitimate investigation of non crimes and he 's clearly biased.
0: Can I run one thing by you that perhaps you can share no one 's brought this up i 'm no lawyer, but I think it 's actually kind of a key piece of information. Uh, You know, President Trump left Washington, D.C. at like nine in the morning. He gets to Mar-a-Lago at 11. Um, Joe Biden is not going to become the president until 1140. When he arrived in Mar-a-Lago with all of his stuff, he was still the president of the United States. I don't think they factor that into this scheme. I'm talking about Democrats. I'm talking about the General Services Administration. I'm talking about the National Archives. When he left the presidency, he actually didn't leave it until he got to Mar-a-Lago. That's when he stopped being the president. Does it, what I'm saying have any merit here in absolving him of this uh, document
2: stuff? Well, yeah, yeah, yes, it does. But it's also under the Presidential Records Act. Presidents are allowed to take personal copies of their presidential records, and it doesn't matter whether they're classified or non-classified. And by the the very fact that President Trump took these records to Mar-a-Lago, declassified yeah. them as as a matter of law. This is a witch hunt against political Trump uh, against President Trump for, for these non-crimes. They are investigating non-crimes by a by a special counsel who has a reputation for taking out Republican presidential candidates. Yeah. And then they have that catch-all, though. Oh,
0: it's a non-crime, but obstruction is a real crime, and then they'll try to try to portray obstruction, right? That's their game, and I got to go, but that is their game, correct?
2: Well, that is their game, but OLC, the Office of Legal Counsel, says you can't obstruct non-crimes.
0: I like that very much. And I like you, Mike Davis. Great stuff. Uh, Go to article3project.org, article3project.org. Mike Davis, founder and president of the Article 3 Project. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. We'll be right back. So Joe Biden is there right now, a massive compound in Nantucket. It's not his house. Think of it. He's got the White House. He's got Camp David. Uh, he's got several homes of his own, yet he goes to some billionaire's house with all of his family. Uh, this is a major, major compound. Take a look at the uh, the scope of it all, shall we? Uh, $20 million, all kinds of property. That's where he goes for Thanksgiving. And he does not own it. He's asking for a favor from a billionaire. The guy on the left, his name is David Rubenstein. Uh, I think he owns or once owned the Carlisle Group. He's a mega billionaire and can do whatever he wants. And I think Joe's going to have to take David Rubenstein's phone calls whenever he calls, don't you? Joe has got a kind of an issue, uh, a fetish with real estate. He once said this was his uh, lust Although I think he might have a few more than that. But who knows? Biden spent summer vacation at the at that South Carolina mansion uh, owned by some hedge fund guru's uh, widow. $20 million. What else? He When he was vice president, he was going to the Hamptons all the time. Again, staying with friends. I think that's kind of unseemly. I do. I mean, for a little while. But you know what they say about friends after... More than whatever days, three days. I guess he doesn't stay that long. He shouldn't be going to these places. And look at all these homes that he has. He's got not one mansion, uh, two mansions. And there's this other one uh, outside of D.C. that he used every now and then, uh, a rental. And, you know, his very first house was the DuPont's ex-home. The DuPont's. The richest people in Delaware. Somehow he was able to buy that thing as a United States Senator. I don't like that at all. All right, got to do one other thing here. There was a really cool video about Donald Trump coming back, and people love it. Let's watch a little of it. It went mega viral on social media.
2: Hi, perhaps you recognize me. It's your favorite president. If tomorrow all the I am asking were you to choose work for all my life. And I had to start. It comes from again. China. That's right. I just want to say that uh, this is my honor. You are so lucky and living here today. Mr. Trump. Yes. Are, the are you Batman? I for Batman. <laughs> you know, Trump's
0: back. What's going to happen next? It's a fun video. Carrie Lake, who's still a candidate for governor in Arizona dares to retweet it and the fake news are all over. Oh, my gosh. Carrie Lake posts jaw dropping Trump worship video that screams pick me for 2020. Well, 10,000 other people retweeted it as well. This shows me that Carrie Lake is very, very relevant and uh, she's a Trump fan. What's the problem with that? Thanks very much. We'll be right back. Have a great Thanksgiving. I'm off for a couple of days. I'll see you next week. All the best.